Hey everybody, welcome to Erotica. I'm really excited for this week's episode for multiple reasons, but the first one being that we are on the road. This is an episode on location in Los Angeles. I apologize if there's any audio issues because we're recording out of an Airbnb. Secondly, I'm really excited because this episode kind of took a weird journey to get here. I remember the days when I wasn't really a big part of Philly Twitter, and now a lot of my friends are part of it, but my guest today has actually gone through a much wider journey than I have, so Without much further ado, I'm not even going to try to introduce him without just telling his whole story, Fan Since 09. I like how you had the podcast breaking when you want to talk and say things in the scripted part of this. Yeah. Yeah. I just uh, go for it. You got to get the vocal fry, and then it'll be then it'll be perfect. The vocal fry? You got to get the vocal fry. I'm out here. Yeah. I'm out here. Yeah. All right. Well, let's... Did you have any notes on that? You want to restart? It? No, we're good. You want to just keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. All right. I don't. Um, <laughs> no, I mean my my show is mostly bullshit. Honestly, okay. cool. I I, keep, I love like it. My life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is us trying to have a serious podcast, but I will say that the one episode that Tony did um, edit, he was like, "We're gonna edit out the science." So like Tony, I never edit out the science. That what makes comedy gold. Is yeah, the science. pause. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like I said, Fan Since 09 is here, and the reason why that means a lot to me is because Fan Since 09 was one of the first people I followed on Philly Twitter. Um, I'd been on Twitter back in the day, you know, in college, follow a couple of my friends, try to tweet things, try to make them go viral, but if you were a Philly sports fan, at one point or another, you're going to probably come across Fan Since 09 if you're on Twitter. And for me to go from somebody who had, you know, 100 followers, and then moved to Philly and made some friends, and... You know, started to get influence, whether that's good or bad. And then one day, Fancis09 says, hey, everybody should follow CodeRan on Twitter. That meant a lot to me. But I've actually known people that have known you before I've known you. Yeah. And they've said things about you. And I really wanted to start from your journey. I wanted well, to know. Just a sidetrack here. The reason I said follow you was because I had been following you. And I made a joke that I had been thinking of just been in my head. And I always forgot to do it. Which was... Uh, Saturdays are for the boys, or Sundays are for the boys to follow the Son of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I made that, and then like 10 people just got totally up my ass. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing? And then they sent it that you said it first. <laughs> it was so like I the same it. day, too. Yeah. And I felt bad. And it was annoying because that was like, I kept forgetting to post it. It was in my drafts. So I deleted it, and I'm like, all right, just to make good, you know, because everybody was starting we to get on me about well, we were on the same content. Same, yeah. same brainwave there. Yeah, yeah, it just and was funny. So that's a, that's that's what inspired the everybody follow. Yeah, because follow you because I felt bad. Trying to make you know. good. Yeah, didn't yeah. actually want people to follow the. And all my friends seriously said, "Do not, do not follow, follow this guy. Do this a big mistake. Yeah. <laughs> horrible, horrible." But that's mistake. how you know someone's good. I think you know when, when there's someone that's always in like when when we used to do follow Fridays. I never followed anybody that was always in, like, you know, people would mention the same person over and over yeah, again. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, you know, the guy knows everybody. But when the people would jump in and say, like, no, or, like, yeah. don't follow or unfollow, <laughs> they would be like, cool. Like, I remember we used to do that with, um, uh, what was his name? Chris used to do that with, I think it was Danny, what's his name? I don't remember. Danny Cohen. We used to always say unfollow, you know, we would do, like, follow Fridays and Liverpool, and say unfollow, unfollow Danny. Fridays. Yeah. And then the one guy that we would have said unfollow would be always the, the best guy to follow. Yeah. Except for Danny Cohen, who never was a good person to follow. <laughs> but um, I don't even know if he's still around. I think I saw him the other day. But anyway, that's, we're going back probably before anybody's time. Uh, but that that's the whole point yeah. of the podcast yeah. is that I'm good friends with Chris Jones now. Yeah. Um, and he told me that, like, oh, yeah, I know fans. I said, well, how do you know him? He goes, well, him and I used to interact on the, the fight the and, the fight and Phil's, um, you know, message boards. 
I was like, oh, that's cool. I kind of like blew it off. And then I talked to him another time. He goes, no, like I'm the reason he has a Twitter. I don't know if that's Chris taking too much credit, but he said, you know, you would just say stuff in the group that was so funny. And he's like, you got to make a Twitter. You got to do yeah, this. Yeah, no, that was Chris. Um, I would make comments. And I had like three different personas. Like I did, uh, you know, I had Phantom So Nine. And then I would do uh, uh, Milt Thompson. And all I would talk about was like hitting solo home runs. Because there, there was a period, <laughs> I think, 2000. 10 where all they did was hit solo shots so yeah like jimmy is the leadoff yeah, guy and yeah. didn't care everybody about else. Sold, yeah like all their runs run solo shots so i would do mill thompson but yeah and then you know the fight just kept hitting those bumps where like nobody wanted to do it or go down Mitchell wouldn't want to pay the 500 bucks or whatever <laughs> which is which was great back then because it was like there wasn't like barstool or there wasn't you know sp nation sponsoring every single blog under the sun so it was like you know, your favorite blog would shut down because the more traffic they would get, the more they would have to pay for it. And Meech didn't want to pay. <laughs> yeah. I'll buy a thousand sneakers, but he won't, you know, he doesn't want to spend a couple hundred bucks to keep his website up. So that would keep going down. So it got to the point where I jumped to Twitter because there was no more fights. There was no more fights mention boards. And I tried to jump to a couple other sites. And it was just kind of like, you know, okay, you know, it was just, you know, it never caught on or, you know, I would say something and then nobody would want to riff with me. Everybody would just be like, you're stupid, go away, you know? And it was yeah. like, I know, that's the point, guys. Like, let's like riff on it. So I went from like, okay, I'll just try to be like a good commentator to like, you know, a good commenter to like, all right, let's, uh, you know, let, let's, let's see what Twitter was about. I think, you know, that started and I was just doing kind of the same I think everything I, I mentioned back in the first couple of years, at least, was just all about the Phillies. And that was back when there was, like, 65 Phillies blogs in, like, one at one time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because that's, yeah. that's probably still in the heyday. I mean, yeah. that's you said 2010, which obviously, like, that's yeah. already won a championship. We look like we're going to keep making it back to the World oh, yeah. Series. Everybody, that was just, you know, everything was... You know, it's just that was people were going to go if you had a if you had a Philly sports site, everybody was going to go to it because, it, you know, it was like there wasn't really Philly dot com didn't really do anything. WIP wasn't super interactive and like the younger like college kids didn't want to didn't listen to WIP. They didn't, you know, ESPN didn't really have local coverage then. Yeah. So it was like the Wild West where it was like, cool, if you had something like that catered locally, you know, you get that, you know, guys in your 20s and early 30s or whatever, you know, that and, and you can be kind of funny and take a different take on it. So, you know, there's a lot more opportunity then I think than there is now. Now it would just be like everybody met because they commented on a website or worked for a website. It's like, yeah, yeah and, and there's there's accounts that. Yeah. have grown the same way oh, you yeah. have. I mean, obviously, like, PFT commenter, commentator. Yeah. Like, he's a thing now because yeah. he was started off kind of as parody. You know, even, like, fake WIP caller, which is more of a local one. Like, yeah. you know, those are just personalities. Fake and, WIP caller is the doji and the best, I, I think, it ever. I mean, he doesn't tweet as much, but every single thing he says is funny. He won't say anything for two months, and then he'll drop it. It's, like, the funniest thing I've read in, like, a week. Yeah, so and it always seems so obvious when you read it, too. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like oh, he hit come it. on. How did and, I not think of that? Yeah, yeah. but, I mean, it, it's, like, it's become its own thing where people are trying to, like, you know, follow that wave, but it's... It's not what it used to be. I mean, even though I haven't been there since the beginning, like even I can notice the changes because, like I said, I was following you back in the old days where I was a nobody. I was a lurker and I started following people because you told me to follow people. <laughs> and now it's, you know, sitting down next to you, it's a little bit surreal. But at the same time, I don't want to make it like this big thing because it's kind of, you know, the Philly community, once you're in, you're in. Like, right, that's exactly. what it always feels like, especially like. I feel like when I talk to people who have their own, like, Twitter base, you know, the Boston Twitters and the 
you know, the the LA Twitters, they have a presence, but it's just not the same as Philly Twitter. We we're all just like kissing cousins, like just yeah. interacting. Well, and I also time. think you know what, and I and I think especially like there was kind of like you know arrogant Phillies Twitter. And there was, like, always been kind of dumb Eagles Twitter, you know, where it's like, you have to sift through a lot of really terrible, dumb people <laughs> on Eagles Twitter to find the people that are, like, good. Yeah. You know, there was, there was that for the Phillies for a while. But then you get into, like, the Sixers, and, like, everybody's fucking weird, you know? Yeah, it's we're like, the worst. It's like, if you're going to be a fan <laughs> of the Sixers, you know, for the last couple of years, you're weirdos. So it was, like, this kind of, like, perfect storm of, like, you know... People that started liking sports because they were weirdos. And, yeah. You know, and there was that bond where it was like, everybody's like really funny because everything sucks and we have to like, the only thing we have is like, you know, trying to be funny in each other. And I think that's kind of where it grew out of where it's like, look at Boston. They win all that goddamn time. Yeah. Like, what do they have to talk about? They have to talk about. Do oh, scrapbooks yeah, of the brains. the last Super Bowl we won? <laughs> oh yeah. Were you at the Red Sox one? No, I was at the Red Sox one two years ago though. That was great. It's just like, you know. When, when you're a city that's doing really well in all the sports stuff and you're a fan base, you know. Yeah, I remember there, there was that picture of, like, there were 16-year-old kids. It's like, we've been to 18 parades since we were born. Yeah, I'm like, it's insane. They must have set the record, like, the Boston Hall of Fame record for most racial slurs yeah. said by a young child. Like, <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing, though, is, like, Philly Twitter has always been, like, a yeah. bunch of people, like, misery loves company, and this yeah. is just misery smashed together and we're all gonna just I hang mean, out. I mean, we were the we were the I wanna die Twitter before there was yeah. I wanna die Twitter. Before it became a thing, an ironic thing, we all legitimately tweeted about how we wanted to die and hated yeah. everything. You so, watch enough Eagles games yeah. like oh yeah. Especially after you know the Andy Reid era, you get the Chip Kelly era, you had to you had to tweet that out. Like there was no other option. But you know this this is a mental health podcast, so Right. Take a step back a little bit here. I want to talk about a little bit of how this has changed your life. I mean, obviously, yeah. beyond just having you know this many followers, obviously you're still technically anonymous on yeah. Twitter. Um, I'm not blurring out your voice because no, that's I, a lot I don't of work. My so. voice. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, voice obviously, voice. the big thing for you was you were on the View. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I've never thought I'd meet somebody <laughs> who's claimed to fame would be on the. They were that on was the View. The dumbest thing that ever happened. <laughs> but. This is your chance. I still to can't kind of, believe that happened. That was just dumb. I, and I do think people know the story. The and, and I'll be you. honest with you. The more I think about that, so so not going into the backstory, but the view thing was like, you know, I made this weird choice to like, you know, oh, I want to be anonymous and I'm a back turn and we behind the screen for everything. And the more I think about that, I'm like, that was kind of dumb. And like, <laughs> if I just did it and showed my face and wasn't anonymous, and and the only reason I did it, honestly, and all the producers were like, oh, is the reason you're doing this? Because, you know, you don't want, you don't want retaliation, you don't want people to fight you, you don't want whatever. And it was just like, no, I, you know, that's my kind of my Twitter gimmick is being it's anonymous. Your brand. It was that. And then I also, you know, my boss I was working for at the time was really a dick. And I know, even though it was like, I was on The View for a good reason. Yeah. He would like, he would fire me because like, you know, oh, well, you, you, you did those tweets at work. So, yeah. and I was just kind of like, so those are two things. Mine. But when I think about that recently, I'm like, you know what, like. That was the peak for me. It's never going to get better than that. Like, that was the 15 minutes. And it's like, I should have just gone as me and then, like, tried to cash in on it. But yeah. now if I go somewhere and I'm like, hey, I was that guy. Everybody's like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, you know, well, like... But, but I had, you know, I had a window of a couple weeks there where if I if I uh, was myself, I could have turned it into something maybe. But Yeah, yeah. now Trill Ballins is cashing in his podcast and you got nothing. I got nothing. out with me oh. in an Airbnb and so Yeah, like... yeah man. Uh. You really fucked up. I know I did, and that's and it's and Trump Bonds managed to manages to to do it uh, and have a family and you know still be anonymous, which is crazy. 
Yeah, um, I mean he he's yeah. he's another one of those guys, and I think PFT commentator. Well, PFT commentator. The difference between me and PFT commentators. PFT commentator is a genius. I mean, he's really that guy I met in person, and like he's just it's just naturally effortless. And I know Barstool's bad, and I'm gonna be honest. Like I don't really listen to the Barstool. I haven't listened to Trill's thing until when it went on Barstool. But I, I just think it's guys like. You know, Trill and PFT commentator are two just most effortlessly funny people I've ever talked to. I, I am like, when I, I just remember I, I had a I had a beer with a PFT commentator, and then when he left, I was just like, man, like I was like, I was probably the most jealous of everything in person <laughs> because I'm like, he's doing what I do, and it's just like his character is the same as the one I was doing, and I'm like, he does it so much better. And he's it's just, just like, the fucking it's guy. It's just so frustrating, and it's like. It just takes no effort for him. Like, it's just a spouting. And it's like, meanwhile, it's like, I'm workshopping shit. It's yeah. still not particularly good. And you're still getting beat by me somehow, which yeah. is like the lowest low. Yeah, but it's just like, man, you know, it's just like, what, what's going on? So, yeah, I mean, there's guys that are just, that are just, and that's that's one of the other things about Twitter is expose you to people that are just super talented and super good at what they do. And like, there's a lot of people too that we follow that don't have anything and are super, you know, they're like ridiculously funny. Like, yeah. And that's what kills me about Tom. It's like, man, Tom, I, I think was the funniest account in the history of Twitter. I mean, I just think he was, he was a genius and he was everything. Every tweet of his is funny. I mean, I think it's funnier than anything like drill did. And, you know, he, he kind of unfortunately died like before, you know, it, it kind of underappreciated in his time. I think his stuff has numbers now. And I think more people know about him now than they did when he was around, like he was really niche, but man, he was just everything he said was funny. And just like as a person, he was just such a good guy that yeah. like, you know, it, it's just, it just, I, I still think about him and, and it just bothers me that like, man, that's like a tragedy that that guy's not around because he just was so quick and so funny and like, yeah. And that was the, always the big anecdote that I have is like, I thought I was following him. He yeah. was retweeted on my timeline so much that I had assumed that I must have hit the follow button. Yeah. And the funny thing is he has that tweet where he's like, this guy's been retweeting me for days but won't follow me. Like he's trying to suck my dick from across the room. Buddy, get over here. I was like, yeah. and I was like, that's about me. It's I'm the guy retweeting him. And, you know, that was one of the things I was like, you know, when you first came in, I was like, you know, I could have met you already. I could have met everybody yeah. because there was this great memorial that mm -hmm. happened for Tom that was right in Philly. And it's where a lot of Philly Twitter came together and a lot of those people are still together. And yeah. you were talking about like, Maybe he'll put it on, but you're still seeing those things like sprout. Yeah. Like oh, they're yeah. still together. A lot of I people. mean, that's what's so, so that's what's interesting for me. So when I first started, we had there was like a lot of like factions, you know, there were like the fighting guys, and they didn't really get along. You know, there were so many blogs and people didn't get along, and there was this false sense of like we're competing and whatever. So there was like the fighting guys, and then the guys that didn't like the fighting guys, and Phil's Nation guys, and you know, the guys that are really trying to make it, you know, the crossing broad and those guys. And it was so fragmented, but it's been interesting to see kind of like, you know, as all the fighting guys are getting older and, you know, having real life, except for me for some reason, but <laughs> as everybody's kind of getting older or being exposed and leaving or, you know, all this different stuff, it's like there's there's kind of this other huge group that kind of formed in Philly Twitter. And that was interesting. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it started at Tom's thing per se, but I think a lot of people met each other. And I also think that says a lot about social media because when I first started, we would have like a fight and tailgate. And it would be weird. Like, it would be like, 
I'm going to go meet a bunch of strangers on the internet and we're going to drink before a baseball game. Like, this is weird, you know? And, and it had the sense of like, I don't know these people. They could be crazy. You know, who's who? Yeah. We had, you know, we had a certain guy, I'm not going to mention who would, you know, he'd show up and just be absolutely creepy and he wouldn't be invited. But it's just like, you know, so we would always have to worry like, oh, who's going to come? Is someone going to step out of bounds? Is whatever. But it's become so common, I think, that, that people just meet each other off of Twitter and people are friendly there that like, you know. It, it, it's caused these like these cool kind of groups and these these kind of friendships and that tribalism is kind of gone because you know the the independent sports blogs are gone so there's not that you know you're my yeah. competitor or whatever and if there still is that it's stupid I mean anybody that's that's you know this is a competing podcast or this is this or this is this is stupid it's stupid if you're not if you're not barstool or you're not SB Nation or the Ringer or ESPN. You're not. Don't don't worry about it. Like, there's no reason to worry about anybody else. Worry about your own thing. Yeah, and, and I those think guys. Yeah. I think you know. There's a lot of great people that I know that are actively in the Philly, you yeah. know, sports Twitter, and like they're just like doing their things. But yeah, there's been quite a bit of drama, which we couldn't even cover enough in you know one episode. Yeah, um, and, you know, this is just a microcosm of you know how Twitter has grown, but. Uh-huh. I, I really want to get into... And we still tweet about how we want to die a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's that's, well, that's what I want to get Everybody's happy and hanging out. Why do you want to die so much? Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think, you know, for you, when you you reached out to me when I first started the podcast, because everybody wants to be yeah. on Cody's Hot Podcast, <laughs> um, but you said, you know, like, I, I'd love to be on sometime, and you said, you know, like, I've had some issues with, like, uh, social anxiety and stuff like that, and it's yeah. like, well, how can I be? You're, you're the social guy, but again, it's obviously a little not, it's like... How has it changed your life, though, other than the fact that okay. you're a sellout and moved to L.A.? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so for me, it's like I've been on meds for, you know, I uh, I dealt with depression a lot in high school. I didn't really know what it was. Uh, well, kind of went untreated really until I got out of college. I didn't really know what the hell my problem was. So, um, but I've always just had horrible social anxiety and it still, you know, kind of continues, but... What Twitter has kind of filled for me, and I know it's, it's look, I know I, I use it way too much, and, and it's created its own can of worms. Like, I, I think it's kept me from, fuck, that better not be, okay, good. <laughs> We're uh, watching sorry. the football yeah, game, in case yeah. somebody's wondering. Don't worry about my fantasy team. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's created a whole bunch of other problems, you know, other, other issues and other things that I'm neglecting because I'm spending too much time and, and not dealing with it. But at the same time, it's, it's really gotten me through a lot. Because it's kind of given me the ability, and, and this is why being anonymous, it started out being anonymous to be like the character, but it's been important for me to be anonymous since then and to and to kind of just do what I do. And if, if you look back at like my first couple tweets, it's all kind of sticky and it's all kind of, you know, jokey and whatever. And then you'll see kind of a progression of kind of where I was mentally at certain places. There was a couple, there was a, probably a six-month strike a couple of years ago where I was angry about everything. And I just say really dumb shit and just try to, like, get a rise out of people because I was really, you I know, think I'm in that band right now. That, you're just describing my life. Yeah, I guess this but, is. I'm going to be you soon. Well, I'll be the one selling a, out moving that. It's like, just. A, it's just. You know. It just was like. But. But it's. It's. It's just a story of if you if you look at it, it's sort of a guy working out a lot of issues. I mean, it's it's kind of given me the chance. It's given me kind of this outlet. Um, you know, to to kind of express myself, to kind of say dumb stuff, and to you know to to succeed or fail or whatever. Which, which doesn't necessarily matter anymore, but it's it's just given me this kind of opportunity to just kind of like 
you know, the weird shit that's in my head that normally would keep me distracted all day or bum me out or I would think about. It just gives me this place to get it out. And if I didn't have it and I know I'm on it too much, but if I if I didn't have it and I didn't lean on it, I don't know what I would be doing. I don't know what my release would be because it's it's you know, and it's and it's good because it's opened it up to other people. I mean, what what I always think is cool is when, you know, if I'll say something about how I'm feeling or, you know, when I get serious and talk about mental health or my mental health, you know, I'll, I'll get a DM from somebody or I'll get I'll talk to somebody, um, and, you know, and they'll say, oh, hey, you know, I'm going through the same things. So I've had people come up and say, you know, hey, have you had a success with this med or I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And that's cool. And I like that, you know, I think it's the mental health has been so stigmatized that I think really the only way we can get it accepted is through social media and is through seeing that like everybody's got these problems and like you know everybody's kind of in the same boat and there's nothing wrong with it so that's uh you know so that's been cool but you know yeah i don't know where i would be and i don't know how things would have gone if i didn't get this release because it was to a point where i you know it was like cool this is fun and then it got to the point where it was like stuff was like really bad you know and i was like i just i needed something and, you know, a lot of it, too, was getting kind of creative energy out. I mean, I spent, you know, I'll be honest, I went to, so I went to film school and I worked in entertainment for a little bit and it didn't really work out. You know, I didn't really like it. And I, I kind of took a bunch of jobs that I really didn't like. And, you know, I, for some reason for jobs with me, it's like when they're bad, it's like it consumes my like existence. I get really fixated on stuff. Uh, you know, I get take ownership of stuff that I probably shouldn't take ownership of, but that's just what I do. And, it, you know, I get obsessed with, like, what could I have done better? What's going to do this? Sure. Yeah. Every single time my phone rings, it's me going to, I'm going to get fired. And um, so it helped to kind of have this through when stuff was at its, like, most difficult because it was like, I would go home and just be miserable. And it's just like, I need it. So it's like, if I had this outlet or, or kind of in the beginning, almost when it was more of like a character, having that character let me kind of like shut off for a little bit. And, like, be this character and, like, get away from my shit to this person who has a whole bunch of other shit to worry about. <laughs> I mean, you know, I ended up making someone who's, who's you know, my character was this dumb person. Yeah, <laughs> his know? biggest problem that it's people stupid. keep telling about Cole Hamill's yeah. statistics yeah. that he's only here about is Cole Hamill's failures. You know, but he also had his, you know, also, someone also had his own set of problems and stuff. So, you know, that, and then it, like, you know, as I kind of needed it more and more and as I wanted to talk more about my own issues, it kind of merged. So it's, you know, I'd say 70-30 split. It's me versus Goofy, Shtick, whatever. But it's, um, it's been, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. I mean, it's been something I needed and I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it's, and it's weird to me that like, you know, I, I think each other, you know, we've built or, or I at least feel like I have a pretty good support group when I need it. I mean, I know there's people, if I'm having a legitimately really rough time, I can like message a couple people. Or if I see someone else is having a really bad time, I know they wouldn't mind if I message them and, you know, I can kind of get the sense of that. But you know, it's just it's just this tool. I don't know how people did it before. There was, I guess, they went to therapy or something. But uh, that never really worked out for me. And it's, but you know, it's it's still there. I mean, I still I still have anxiety. I mean, I just started a new job, and like I already think I'm gonna get fired. You know, immediately. <laughs> it's just like, oh yeah, they're gonna they're gonna retract that, and it's. But it's, you know, it helps to, you know, I know when I was doing this job hunt, I was, I was kind of venting a lot about it online and, you know, people getting mad about not getting called back for other places and, 
And it just, you know, it just helps. You know, and I feel like I'm kind of rambling. <laughs> no, and I, I wanted to let you ramble because yeah. I think this kind of hits it. I mean, not to get too much about me because I've talked yeah. about it on the podcast before, but Twitter saved my life. It was at a point where I was, you know, heartbroken raising a dog by myself that I don't have that dog anymore. Like, that yeah. is the, that's the lowest low is, like, yeah. you have to give a dog away. But I met these people that kept me alive, and now they're my friends. And yeah. I have happy days and I, I'm personally working through the, the pill mix right now. I'm still trying to figure it out. You know, I right. had one that I thought worked and then I would get these really dark periods of like, yeah, it's, that's it's the, very that's weird. The, that's the problem. I mean, and that's what I have with medicine too. It's like, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I had one recently and I went to the doctor about it and I said, I said, um, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, having a hard time. I wonder if it's the meds. And he's saying, well, did you think about like if you weren't on the meds it'd be that much worse and it's like you know okay i'm having a dark time but it's manageable as opposed to if i wasn't on these meds it would be completely unmanageable and i don't know what's weird about being on meds is that you don't know like how it feels to not be on them so it's like when you get that feeling you're like well is this you know it's like oh my God, I'm really nervous about something. Is this a normal thing for me to have yeah. or is my medicine not working? Should this medicine mean that I am not nervous in any situation yeah. at all? And it's and it, it just makes sense. When you've been on it for a really long time, it's like it's hard to tell that emotion. I mean, it, it's just hard to gauge kind of what they should be doing and should not be doing and, you know, what's what's just human nature and, and you know situational depression versus the chemical kind of depression and this yeah for sure justified anxiety where like yeah i'm doing this it's a brand new thing that you know i've never done before and there's a lot of pressure that's everybody would be nervous then but is that different than my i don't leave my house because i don't i'm worried i don't look good or i'm worried that uh you know people are going to think something or i'm going to do something dumb or i'm going to do whatever I'm, i'll just stay in the house today or i won't go meet anybody yeah. or whatever you know I, I, I don't know if there's two things are related or if what if i well, shouldn't feel any of that i think that's what i'm feeling the most right now yeah. is because i had talked about it in the show like i had this thing called intrusive thoughts which should yeah. be basically my brain telling me things that were the most most heinous things i could think of and saying that's you yeah and that could be him really hard so i i went to the doctor when i had the moment of like probably most stress and my therapist like, I don't know if that was the right move because he didn't tell me anything. Because, yeah. of course, I wouldn't tell my therapist. Yeah. The other no, person I, I hired and paid to I'm make the, sure. I was, I've always been the same way with therapy. I don't tell my therapist. I never told my therapist anything. I was lying to mine. Yeah, she mine called too. me out. Well, because my thing was I was in bad. I know the therapist to think badly. You know, yeah, I, I, I was like, to think there's anything wrong I want this me. person to think I'm cool. Yeah, I want to be, be their best patient. You know? Yeah, one time, one time she's like, I was like freaking out about the same things. Like, Could my Twitter get me fired? And she like, do you mind if I look at it? I was like, yeah, I was like, Wayne's like, would you retweet that? Like, I was yeah. just trying to see, would you would you like that? To-? But yeah, like, I think that's the big problem with pills. And I, I want to, you know, you stigmatize it and say, if you're, you feel like you might need pills, talk about it. Right. And it might be the biggest change and best change in your life. But at the same time, like, you do have to mentally prepare for it. Yeah. The thing that happened with me was I was on Zoloft and it was perfect for a while. I was smiling, I was happy. And then there'd be like these nights, like a week, where I just be like, I'm literally the worst person ever existed. And I want to write on the wall to smell my blood, yeah. which wasn't too much different from before, except I didn't, you know, yeah. have this bloodthirst of my own self before. Yeah. You know, suicidal thoughts that's that's been coming and going, but that was right. more of that was such a dark place of like in the very like stereotypical dark. Yeah. And then I, they, they were like, okay, well, let's put you on this pill, and then everything was just like that was like the numb feeling of like everything's happening, but I'm not there, no presence. Yeah. Now I'm on one where I'm like, 
things are manageable, but I still get anxiety. I still get depressed. And I'm like, that's probably just my life. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's different. I mean, I, for me, it was like, I, I just needed to get on meds finally because I had so many periods of like, I would lose months because I wouldn't do anything. Or I couldn't yeah. get a bed or I just felt like miserable all the time to the point where it was like one Thanksgiving. And I just said to my parents, like, I, you know, and I was, this was, I was in my twenties at this point, And I just said, yeah, I, I can't do this anymore. And I feel this is, I feel terrible. And like, I went and I didn't want to do talk therapy because it's never worked for me before. And it actually makes me more anxious to go to talk therapy. So it's got on meds and it, and it really was gradual, but it helped. I mean, I have not been in that kind of cycle recently, but that's kind of, you know, I've been, but it's everything for everybody. I mean, I would, I would, it's helped me. I'd always recommend it. Um, I would say don't take Lexapro though, because it breaks your dick. Um, Funny you say that. Yeah. I'm on Lexapro now, but the Zoloft broke my dick. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And that was, I was so, uh, I'm going to get into this now, because I wanted to talk about this with Chris Jones, we yeah. had an episode going, but my dick was very, very broken, but not the way that I thought it would. Yeah. I could get erections. Um, but I could not, um, I don't want to get too gruesome on my own podcast. I could not finish. Right. Yeah. And you would just kind of run out of steam. Like, that. yeah, I would get bored or I get like yeah. frustrated, but I actually went to the point one time where I actually like broke my penis via masturbation because I was trying so hard and it looked oh, yeah. like I had a flotation device on my dick the oh. next day. I, I made my penis so swollen yeah. That I like, I woke up the next day and I knew what it was immediately. I knew it was an STD. I knew there was nothing that could be an STD. Mm-hmm. I just looked at it and went, my dumb ass sat there for like an hour and a half because I just thought that this needed to happen. And right. now I'm right. looking down at fucking like uh, a swimming pool toy on my dick. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was just like the complete lack of like drive. And it was just like, you know, I've never been working with anything all that special down there anyway, but it would have been nice if it was functional. So, you know, I switched out from there, but I didn't realize, you know, that it was creating its whole bunch of problems. And I realized that, you know, maybe I should talk to someone about this because I felt generally pretty good. I just had like zero libido, zero sex drive. And like, if I was trying to do something to myself, I would kind of run out of steam or lose interest halfway through. And I was like, well, that's not, you know. And, and I know it's it's funny because we're talking about masturbation, which should be like a gross thing to be talking about. But we're not doing blue. Like, this is legitimately like, yeah, this is you're just, sitting there getting angry at your own life. I yeah, remember. It's like, why am I not, you know, why yeah. am I not as horny as I have always been in my yeah. life? Why I mean, I, I my yeah. sex drive came down. I remember even like, you know, the, the joke is that women can't finish. But it, was, it became me to a point, And I was like. I felt inadequate and yeah, and I think that's something you got. You're like you're like a uh, Ray Lombardo from Wild Thing. <laughs> and like, you got no little bitch has ever made me come. But like you have to make that decision too. Yeah. It's like, do you want to be depressed and horny or, yeah, or do like, you want to be? Yeah. And you know, every real side of it says like on paper, yeah, I'd like to be happy and never have a sex drive at all. But it you definitely it. comes but, up. But but when you're in it, I mean, you know, one one. <laughs> One feeds into the other, you know, yeah. it's just like, I felt great when I was on Lexapro, but it's just, you know, it was like, I, I can't put up, nobody was going to put up with that side effect, I couldn't <laughs> yeah. do it. So, you know, I switched and like, I'll be honest, it hasn't, I, you know, it was, a, it was a while ago and I didn't, at the beginning, I didn't feel as good as I felt, you know. Basically, I mean, what I've kind of learned from being on a while is like, meds are kind of like this step you need. It's kind of like if you're in a hole, it's like someone reaching their hand out. And it's like, you can grab the hand and it's up to you if you want to do the full climb out. You still yeah. got to work on yourself. <laughs> it's going to give you the little push, but you got to, you got to do it yourself. And that's, you know, 
But, you know, obviously you don't want, you don't want to, you know, if it's a stranger that's offering you a hand, you don't want to punch you in the dick on your way yeah. up. I mean, you know, you got to, everything's got to work. So, it's, yeah. And I, I think that's just like a really good point of, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't keep you happy. There's no such thing as a happy pill. I mean, maybe there are in terms of recreational drugs and yeah. then after a while those have their yeah. serious drawbacks. But, you know, if, even if that's your thing, like, I think for me lately, like I, I've probably been dabbling it too much in the you know the recreational mm-hmm. you know drinking smoking but i'm on the pills now and everything i do on the side doesn't worry as much because i'm just as level as i've ever been yeah which is great and mm-hmm. it's not great when i'm you know i'm super stressed out so I, I pour myself a drink but i've never like just gotten blackout drunk because you i'm depressed help. and that's yeah. that's a big moment for me when i can say Okay, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm never at the extreme anymore. Yeah. I'm never at oh, yeah. that point yeah. where just a couple of drinks in me and I might just like do something dramatic. I've never never had a suicide attempt, um, like, you know, taking a bunch of pills or anything like that, but I've had moments where it felt like this is real. And yeah. some of those happened when I was on they put me on the double doses of Zoloft and I was like Every day of my life is the best day of my life, except for this one hour window where I really, really want to kill myself. And I told my doctor that, and they're like, yeah, well, let's try something else. Like, yeah, yeah. And it, it sucks because every pill, you, you get something that you like and you get something else. Yeah. Like, well, my anxiety is gone, but my depression is yeah. stronger, and then vice versa. Yeah, but I mean, I look back at, you know, when I, before I really got treatment, I mean, a lot of the stuff I did was, was just, and it's not even so much like I would get blackout drunk or i never really had that i never i mean i drank a lot but i never had like i'm doing it to do it i usually did it i mean my my drinking when i was pretty heavier into drinking was you know i'm here and like i feel like nobody likes me so i gotta be like funny (laughs) and i gotta get all the attention you know yeah it's like if if i'm at least the guy that drank too much like i'm a bigger guy so it's like i always feel like i had to do like drinking feats you know it's like in college i would chug an entire bottle of jack and it was just because like i felt like this is the only way people will like me i have to do this (laughs) i need a thing i need to be remembered as like the guy that does this so but i look back and that's that's embarrassing and i mean but not even so much that but then i think yeah that was embarrassing but also like the fact that, like, you know, I sabotaged a lot of stuff because I was just too nervous to deal with it. You know, yeah. it was whether it was relationships, whether it was, you know, and it was mostly a case of I didn't know what I was doing because I was too anxious that everything was going to fall apart that I couldn't grasp it. So it's like, you know, I could have done better, you know, and when I when I when I turned my 20s, like. You know, a lot of the job issues I had, and I think the reason, you know, I, I didn't end up some places I wanted to end up or make the connections I wanted to or anything was because it was just, I was too self-conscious and and, and anxious and, uh, you know, just kind of like, you know, it, it held me back. And I, I was just so convinced and that, you know, these people aren't going to like me anyway, and I'm not any good at anything. So why, why should I bother? You know, it's like, if I put myself out there, all I'm going to find out is that people don't like me. So... I'm going to not do that. And that's, that, that almost angers me more than, than the fact that, you know, okay, I would do dumb stuff drinking because it's just like, man, you know, it's just like, yeah, I probably would have done okay, but like, I just couldn't, couldn't get out of my own way. And I, and I, I still think I do that from time to time. I have that not, I'm a, I'm just from observing that I used to do that. And that, that's how I have the tendency to be has kind of helped me a little bit, but I mean, that's been kind of my biggest problem in my entire life is just, you know, 
um, and I think Twitter's kind of helped with this a little bit, was just that, like, you know, my biggest fear in life is someone not liking me. And it's just like, you know... It, it, and I don't know where that comes from, but it's just that's like my biggest thing is like they're just describing Twitter, though. Like that's yeah. exactly like everybody on. I know, that, so. I know, but it but it's given me that like okay, you know, it's like I don't have a big account, I, that big of an account relatively, and there's other people that have that are doing really well. I don't make any money off of it, and there's a ton of people that don't like me on there, but it's fine. But I still have at least like hey, one person will respond to this and think it's funny, so mission accomplished. But it's it's just you know. And, but, but then when I compare, I like, I feel like as much as like we're in hell world with, with everything that's happening in the world, I feel like mentally I'm maybe in the best place I've been in a long time. And again, if you look through my tweets from like the last four or five years, like you'll see a point like 2016 where like I was fight with everybody and say really dumb shit that like I regret a ton of it. You know, just to like, because I was mad at people who didn't like me and I would say, you know, I just had some couple really stupid, dumb things that like, I, I you know, I would love to take those back. But, you know, it, it, that was like kind of me at one of my dark moments where I was where I was so consumed with everybody liking me that like you were my enemy if you did not. And now it's yeah. kind of like, I don't really care that much. Like... I've embraced that, like, I'm kind of washed now. Like, I don't. <laughs> You're just that. Well, I, I guess that yeah. that kind of is the, the next question, though. It's like yeah. you, you have this established following. You, you're yeah. kind of doing well in your life now. Like, what what's next for fans in 09? Are you just going to just gonna pack it in? No, 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 because no, I need no. it. I mean, I, I still I still need it. It's still a, it's still a thing. But, like, you know, it's, it's just I, I have to remind myself, and I feel like I go through... You know, it's like if 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 we had a different president, I don't I don't think I would be on Twitter as much. But I think I have so much shit to work out about that, and, and <laughs> working out my kind of anxiety about like what is going to happen, and you know what's going to happen to people I really care about and love, and you know lives of a lot of people that I I care about are getting worse, and like what's the direction? You know, it's like what kind of world is this going to be? And that's like that's what's kind of been keeping me on Twitter because it's just like, if I, if I didn't have that, I would just, that's all I would ever walk around thinking about, you know, how nervous I am about everything and how, you know, oh my God, everything's going to fall apart in a second. So that's kind of the, I mean, I mean, as as shitty as everything is, that's kind of the one that's kind of been a benefit. It's like, you know, at least I can talk about it and commiserate and, and, you know, kind of see people that like either agree with me or don't agree with me and and whatever. And um, so if everything was going well in the world, I probably wouldn't be tweeting half as much because I feel like personally I'm in an okay place that I don't, I don't need the validation. Although it, it helps from time to time. I mean, I've needed it occasionally but i feel like if we weren't in like ridiculous hell world i wouldn't i wouldn't need it as much as i do and i feel like that's the case for a lot of people it's like a lot of people who were very very casual into twitter are like super into it now because <laughs> they just need that support yeah. and, and facebook it. is not it no we've all Jesus. learned that any uncle or aunt will knock you down on that right away yeah but yeah, I mean, and I feel like, and you know, I still say dumb, really dumb shit about politics all the time, and you know, it's it's it's. But the other thing is that is, is like I don't, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's I am pretty angry about stuff, so I don't really re- regret as that stuff as much as I regret some of the super angry shit I've said in the past. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it it's still helpful and it's still something. But yeah, I probably wouldn't. If, if this didn't happen, I would probably have have. I don't think I ever would have like packed it in, but I think I would have been. You would have heard. You you'd be hearing a lot less from me if everything gotcha, yeah. was was all right. As long as there's something that's bugging <laughs> me in life, this is my release for it. Yeah, if there's not enough fans on I tweets, just piss them off somehow, and it'll get some worse. I, I'm actually curious though, like where do you think you would be if this Twitter thing never happened? Like you never. Uh, that have... I have no idea. I've been thinking about that since I came in, and we kind of had the, I guess, the pre-interview. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I can't tell you if it'd be better. I, I, I think it would be worse because I wouldn't have, you know, because I have this internal kind of self-consciousness, like. Again, I, I wouldn't go to talk therapy. I wouldn't have an outlet to go in and say, you know, hey, I'm having a big problem or, you know, I need this or I feel like this. I I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, I go into a therapist's office and my therapist always would tell me, like, you're 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 performing, you're telling me stories, you know. I'm I'm talking about everything other than what was really bothering me because again, yeah. I wanted to be his best patient. You know? Yeah. I would go and I would go, Oh my god, this guy hears this guy talks to crazy people every day and yeah. it must really suck and it's such a long day and he's seeing me at six at night and I just want him, you know, I want him to feel like when I come in, like, oh good, cool. Yeah. This guy's here. This is this is gonna be a breeze. And and that's I worked up. I mean, even in I do group therapy now and I have to remind myself not not to do that you know i have to remind myself yeah. you know hey I, I don't need to be like the leader of this group i don't need to be the guy that's always like hey you know that's always sharing yeah. and oversharing because it's like i don't nobody here cares you know yeah. it's, whatever I, I i was tweeting once i said you know i was talking to someone i said hey you know my biggest the biggest problem i have is that when i'm a group and someone new comes in it's just like oh my god is this person going to be the new like, yeah big shot you it's know like the, it's like it's the lions you know yeah. the newest one is they going to take yeah. your yeah. your alpha so, status so, but but so that's the issue so if i didn't if i had to if i didn't do that i think i wouldn't be i, I think it would be a lot worse because i wouldn't be able to twitter kind of lets me work my inner monologue out and admit like hey i don't feel great right now or or I need this or, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about this or worrying about this or does anybody else feel like they're in this situation? And, and kind of even not interacting and reading what other people are going through helps because it's like, okay, this person's in a similar problem as me. Whereas if I didn't have that and I was kind of out on an island, I would just be wasting time. I mean, I would just be in therapy still, you know, trying to put up that bravado. And and, and the, the funny thing about that, let me let me just stop on bravado for a second. The one thing I, I hate more than anything, and I'll always complain about this and call people out for it, is when people have this like fake bravado, when there's some kind of deficiency in their life, but they have to brag about everything else that's going yeah. on and whatever. I do that more than anybody, but it bothers me so much <laughs> that it's just like, you know, I know someone that like, you know, they're, I knew that like they were like almost barely un unemployed, but they would still show up and brag about what they were doing for the money and drive a fancy car or whatever. And I'm just like, dude, like you're faking it. Or, you know, yeah. I know a guy that, you know, dropped out of high school, but he always is bragging about his education and how important <laughs> it is and, you know, trying to impress people, you know, the yeah. new people that he meets. And it's just like, but I do the same shit. I mean, it's just like, I do that like... Hey, I'm fine. Everything's cool. You know, try to, try to, you know, try to have that bravado too. And it, and it's, so I know, but, but I think I would be a lot worse. And I, at least I can acknowledge that like, Hey, I do this. And, uh, but I don't think I would be as aware. And I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different places I, I could have gone. And I think I would go if I didn't have the outline. I didn't have kind of the check on myself that Twitter gives me sometimes. Yeah. You you'd know? still be working at DirecTV out of the yeah, Denver exactly. Mall. Yeah, exactly. Denver Mall. 
At the Foot Locker, yeah. Uh, you <laughs> which, know. which is funny, the, the Foot Locker, because I actually used to work at a famous footwear. Yeah. And all my friends said I worked at Lady Foot Locker. Like, okay. that was that was Cody Ryan for a while. It was Cody Ryan, the, the guy who works at Lady Foot Locker, who sizes women's feet for a living. <laughs> but... I, I get all of that. And, like, I'm my biggest thing so is... So you were the first show your feet, sweetie. I was the first show your feet, sweetie. Wow. I, like, I, I lived it. I worked it. They paid me money to have the feet shown. Wow. But I, I think I get what you're saying, though, is because, like, I'm the biggest guy of... I get mad when people care about things they shouldn't get mad at. Yeah. But I'm the one caring that about they, they shouldn't be mad shit. about them. It's, like, it's even worse because I'm just jumping in, like... Hey, I'm pissed off and you're pissed off. Like Right. It's like caring about you know, and it's and it's you know, it's like, hey, I'm I'm pissed off that you're saying that caring about stuff is stupid, so I'm gonna yeah, care about yeah. this. I'm gonna get mad about this. And yeah, nobody really wants the contrarian, but at the same time, sometimes you just have to be the contrarian. Yeah, and it and but I think a lot of that too is if you do it yourself, you're you're more mad at yourself than anything else. I mean, when I call people out for stuff sometimes, it's because I know I do it and I'm I'm secretly talking to myself <laughs> yeah. and being mad at myself because uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've worked myself in the circles that the only way I get myself out is me realizing that I'm the idiot who worked myself in that right. circle before this person right. did. Yeah, I, I, I like you could talk to my friends; they'll probably tell you like, there's quite a few times where Cody's like blown up on everybody, talking about dumb shit, and then Cody immediately started apologizing. Like, I love you guys; you're way better than me. You're the best version of the dumb shit that I'm already yeah. doing. But see, here's a weird thing for me too, and it's like I've had friends I've had since like elementary school. Yet, for some reason, like, all through high school and through a lot of college, like, I never, I listened to, like, all the other problems. I just never was like, oh, hey, by the way, like, I'm really fucked up. And, like, yeah. here's some stuff. Like, I was that for a while. I'm, like, so good at listening to problems and giving advice or whatever. But I would never say, like, yeah, I'm, guys, I'm, I'm really fucked up. Like, I'm in a really fucking dark place and I need some help. Like, I would never do that. And it's like, that took me... I mean, 20 some years to like finally be able to say that. And I think that's, you know, I, that's another thing I think Twitter's helped me with is it kind of helped me identify when I do go through these down periods. It's like, oh, I'm in one of those, you know? Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm angry on here. Like, I think I'm in one of those. Like, yeah. you know, but it's, it's just weird that like, you know, I've, I've spent most of my life not telling anybody what my problem, you know, that I had anything wrong and that everything was, was fine. But again, that comes from what are people going to say, uh, if I say, you know, I'm not feeling well, or if I say, hey, you know, I'm having some some pretty fucked up thoughts and like, you know, I, I, I kind of want to drive into a brick wall. Like, yeah. you know, the, the shit that was going through my head, it's just like, well, what, what's going to happen? What are they going to think? And it's like, so that kept me, that keeps you from getting help sometimes. So the ability to kind of do that anonymously a little bit and like throw that out there over the last couple of, you know, over the last however many years has been eight years, nine years. And it's just been like, you know, it's it's been helpful because it's still really hard to say that stuff in person. Yeah, and I think that for me is you don't realize how, you know, close-knit you get with these people you might not even know until shit hits the fan. Yeah. And I tested this once. And I, I remember in college, you know, you know, just we're kids. We get on each other's computers. We make tweets yeah. from, you know, being problematic back then. Like, I'm gay, which we thought, you know, was bad. Ooh, so that'd be like the yeah. tweet that yeah. or like the Facebook status you make. And I remember my friends, like, they did that once. And they're like, oh, man, what should we, what, what Facebook stats yeah. should we make? And I said, write, I'm okay. And they went, yeah. why? And I said, you write, I'm gay. Somebody's going to go, oh, somebody hacked his status. You write, I'm okay. Every single person that person is friends with on Facebook is going to ask what happened. 
Right. And that's the power of social media that yeah. as soon as shit goes down, people want to know why shit's going down. They might help you, they might not, but I think that's kind of what you're hitting at. It's like, you know, they're anonymous versus not anonymous. I think this is kind of true a little bit, yeah. but at the same time, like, shit hit the fan for you and you could just say it and then somebody comes back with, all right, I want to hear. Like, it, and it's yeah. just, it's freeing to a degree. Yeah, that's crazy. Now, going back to saying problematic shit, one of the things that I, I'm kind of on the fence about and I think I... The more I think about it, the more I think it's stupid. Is like blowing people up over like shit they said in like 2011. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, I think I think not only did, did, did people can people's position changes, but I think when we look back at like people that were there. I mean, if you look at Philly community, I know me too. I'm not trying to like apologize for the dumb shit I said. But like you know, the other days people got mad because they were like retweeting Cole Hamill stuff from 2012, and I'm like that. But that's what I did. Like, yeah, like but it was I, a different time. I, I remember one of my favorite things that like clearly you couldn't do now is uh, always tweeting uh, Meech Light Skin AF. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that like that you can't call Meech Light Skin anymore. That's, that's crazy. bad. I did, but like, it was terrible at the time. But I didn't know. But I, mean, I think racist. I, I, really racist. You yeah, know? and not to even like make it apologetic for us, but like there is the evolving standard and like. People yeah. do grow. I still make stuff though. That are like later, I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have tweeted that. Yeah, because you're I trying to push the envelope. Trying right. To push the but but I think you know this was a more. It was much more performative, and I don't even want to say before Trump. But I think it was. I think you know Twitter started out as everybody just trying to fight for followers, so yeah. it was performative, and that was that was the big deal. You know, that was the 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 day you joined. It's like I got to get a million followers and. Here's what Drill's doing and here's what these guys are doing. And yeah. I'm just going to say crazy shit and like be off the wall and be a parody or do this or do this or do this. And let's hope that gets viral. And then that's it. But I think now that's not – now I think there's more of like a distrust of people that have a ton of followers. Because you're like, what the hell's the point? Why have yeah. them all? And it's um, – you know, people kind of just talk to their friends and talk to people that they're close with and talk to – you know, their groups and their communities yeah. and it's become more authentic. So it's weird. Yeah. When you, when you look back and it's like, oh, this person said the N word in like, you know, 20, 2011, it's like, yeah, you should probably shouldn't have said the N word, but at the same time, it's like, are they still saying it today? And like, yeah. you know, I think people, positions change, society has changed a ton in the last eight years. So, you know, I'm kind of mixed. Like when it's a really shitty person, I'm like, ha got him. But then it's like, but there's someone who's still shitty to this day. But then if there's people that it's like, okay, you know, they they were they were pretty terrible like four years ago. But you know, that was back when this was all performative and stuff really didn't matter yeah. or have stakes. And again, I'm not excusing it. I mean, I'm as guilty as this as anybody, and I'm not trying to excuse it. But it's just one of the trends that I'm seeing, and I, I just I'm just bringing it up because I don't know how I feel about it. And it's just like just a little little scared there too. No, it's not a little scared. If you know, it's it's people bring up shit all the time to me that I said, and it's just like you know what, like yeah, absolutely one hundred percent. And you didn't say the n word. Let's be clear. Like anybody no. listen to this, who's like, well, no, yeah, I said uh, the n word. Uh, it's cool. Uh, I didn't say the n word, but there was a thing for I'm a while. Out. You can talk. No, there was a thing for a while where it was it was in vogue to find the whitest person you can find. And retweet people calling them the N word. What? It was that's so, news to me. But with the A at the end. Yeah. But that yeah. was like a popular thing for a while, especially in Philly. Like that's what all the it's like the fighting guys would do. So it was like you know Cliff Lee would pitch, and someone was like, "Oh my N word, Cliff Lee," and it's like <laughs> Cliff Lee's the whitest fucking dude. Yeah. So it was funny as hell that people would do that. I still think that's funny. And I, I like, think 
That was a popular Ruiz tweet. And the more I think about that, I'm like, I was fucking terrible and racist. (laughs) And even when you think back at, like, the misspelling tweets, it's just like, I Uh, I can't do that today because 90% of it is just like, haha, these people are less, you know, you're making fun of people that, like, don't have education. The American education system's terrible. It's not really their fault. Or it's just like, you know what, like, people say shit as they spell, you know, and it's like, oh, we're making fun of people that, you know. Might be dyslexic or just didn't learn. Different parts of the country that say different things. And if they're hearing something in a different way. But it's like, it was a common thing. But looking back, yeah, that's racist as shit. And, like, I wish I didn't do that, but... I did it, you know. It was yeah, like, I, I think you know, you know, it's like like pedal stool and stuff like that. I still think it's funny, but yeah. it's just like I still say that. I'll say that out loud in normal stuff, but yeah, that's it was pretty racist. I mean, when you look, when you think back at it, like now if I do that, I make sure the people are white because it's like you know. But it's it's still it's like it was cheap laugh. It was something that was easy to be like you know. Oh my god, these people said this, but like. It was, I, yeah, uh, I mean that's at the end of the day, like yeah, I Twitter mean, is always going to be the best and worst thing. I yeah, I think if you went through my tweets, your tweets, any random person we know listening to this tweets, any person that we don't like listening to this or just happens to be on Twitter, like you come through, you're gonna get something maybe in context, out of context. You're gonna find something that's shitty. Well, I think everything's in context. I mean, that's the thing with Twitter. It's that if you say it, it's in context. You can't say yeah. I took the tweet out of context. You'd have to say, yeah. oh yeah, no, I said a fucking shitty thing. I said a really dumb thing, and the reason I did this was because I thought it would be funny. I mean, that's the ex- that's literally the excuse. If you get caught saying something like super problematic or whatever, the reason you say is never say I was hacked or I didn't mean it that way. People yeah. took it that way. Just say, you know what, guys, I was trying to be funny, and it didn't work, and I'm stupid. You know, and that's yeah, and that's, that's the like, explanation for everything. I, I remember saying people, oh, it's out of context. You're typing. You're so fucking context. These are little blurbs, one at a time, yeah. that aren't ever co- that should not really be connected. Yeah. You know, it's like you're saying something. Obviously, it's in context. So, like the Carson Wentz, like thinking about cutting off my dick tweet. Like, I know people got blocked for tweeting that back at him. It's like, yeah. dude, you were a kid, and somebody yeah. else probably tweeted that from your account. Like, yeah, that's that's like, I don't think there's anything to be embarrassed about that one, especially because it's not directed at anybody. Yeah, and it's not, and it's not. It's anything. just stupid. the thing he should, the thing Carson Wentz should be embarrassed about is when he goes, "Oh no," or something like that when they passed a gay marriage. You know, yeah. But that's the stuff I think people should be more concerned about than the fact that he said he wanted to cut his dick off. Yeah. Because who hasn't? Well, I want to cut my dick off every yeah. day. Yeah, <laughs> it'd solve a lot of my problems. <laughs> Get you back on that Lexapro. That's yeah, exactly. Much good. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's still mixed, and I mean, and I still think. I think the good Twitter does and social media outweighs the bad. I mean, I think there's still a lot of bad. I think it's given people some power that they shouldn't have. For sure. I think it's normalized some really awful, terrible things. But at the same time, I mean, I think it I think it provides, you know, it, it, it kind of provides support for people that need it. But as I say that, I think about, well, you know what? Stormfront does that too. That's <laughs> <laughs> like it. I, I was going to say, you know, there's people that are lost and they're finding like-minded people, but like, yeah, fucking Stormfront does that. So that's, you know, now that I hear myself say that out loud, like that's kind of, this is a real time, me realizing something's all fucked up. Yeah, it's me and every other asshole on the site and some of the assholes are on my line and some assholes are on that line. Right, but it's, but it's, you know, that's, that's why people are flocked to anything. I mean, but I was thinking, yeah, that's what, that's what, uh. You know, like Nazis do. <laughs> they, you know, all people need to fit in, so they find the Nazi forums. But I don't know. This is just from my my personal experience. So, have well, you, you're just a baseball guy, so whatever. Yeah. So, have you? I mean, have you found like? Are you? You know, you were saying originally 
that you know you were you you didn't go to the Tom thing, you didn't go to events or whatever. What was it that was like the catalyst that finally got you to go meet people and and, and finally like accept that like yeah, this is a group and we're gonna go see each other. Like, was there a certain thing or what? Yeah, so yeah. there there was definitely a thing. It was um, I had been following some people and like kind of getting the group because I I'd met um garbage person who was on the the show before yeah. is. I, I met her because it was it was a really tough time in my life. As I said, I, I kind of lost my friends. Like, I had friends, yeah. and I lost them because I was raising this dog. I was heartbroken. I just wasn't doing anything. And those old friends just one night happened to ask me out. And this was probably the last time I ever really hung out, hung out with them. Yeah. But Iz tweeted on Twitter. It was like, hey, is anybody doing it tonight? My friends want to, like, meet some boys. And I didn't want to meet any girls. I just was like... I've been wanting to meet people from Twitter because I interact with these people daily and the people I thought were my friends don't give a shit about me. So I just said, hey, we're going to this place and my guy friends are single and they hit on women like crazy. Like, I just want to meet some people. Yeah. Like, I don't really care. And she came and she brought um, another person from Twitter and we got slightly romantically involved, which I probably should bleep out later. But, you know, she invited me to something and we, um, you know... We like our. I showed up and I met another person I had met before, um, at a bar randomly. Like I was just like kind of trickly in, but then there I met everybody, and it was Adobe. Yeah. It's the bar. It's Adobe, yeah. and it's the thing I see people tweeting about. And I I meet them, and I remember me and Chip Swelly like we followed each other, but we we're just awkwardly standing there. And I remember Tony, my now producer, and his girlfriend Jackie. I remember I met them at a pregame that was only a few people, and. I just kind of latched on them all night because they were the people I knew. And I met all these people. I remember when I was at Adobe, I remember, I know it's cheesy, but that that's kind of who I yeah. am sometimes. I remember, I don't want this feeling to ever go away. Like, this is where I wanted to you be. You felt these like are, safe, right? Yeah, it was like, these are the people that have been tweeting about this and it looks like so much fun and now I'm here. And I remember I had all these, these like, uh, you know, starstruck moments. And I'll, I'll tell this story because I, I know a lot of people laugh at it and I'll even mention the people that are, involved because I, I don't think they'll listen but I, I interact with them now is um I get invited to so the original one was Patchak's birthday Mike Patchak yeah he was a great guy yeah and it was a, a great party and I he's a good friend of mine yeah, now he bought the shirt so for Sa Secret Santa I'm wearing now which is oh, a really? uh, you talking you two to me shirt and <laughs> can't get him to come on the show but I'd, I'd love to have him um but it was Steph Driver's was birthday and Patrick Wall's birthday uh-huh I got invited just by friends I don't really know them I followed them on Twitter so I was a little starstruck and um, Jim Adair showed up at one point too, and I I owned some of the you know the optionalities, and we were leaving, and I never got a chance to talk to them, and I felt like man, I really wanted to talk to these people because I follow their yeah. their sports stuff. I I consider them role models. I'm kind of like you know I had those like celebrity crush on them, and they were all talking together as I'm leaving, and I'm really drunk, and I'm like I gotta say bye. It's, it's their birthdays too, Patrick and Steph. I walk up and I say. Um, Hey, happy birthday. Thanks for having me, people I've never met before. And I walked off. And my friend Nat, as soon as I get in my Uber, just texted me, what the fuck was that? And I was like, I just knew it was even worse than I could even remember. It's just like playing it back in my head. I'm like, no, it was even worse than that. There were just three people that were just like, who is that guy and why did he say that thing to us? And I remember thinking, those people are going to hate me forever. And this is how I kicked myself out of, you know, Philly Twitter. Because yeah. I think about those things a lot, too. Oh, yeah. And it just became another one of those Cody stories of, like... Well, and Jim's big time now, man. He's... he's you got, you got, you, you only get one chance. I've met him a couple like times, but I know. I, yeah. I blew it. And, and he's... Nats are big time. And, no, he's... But, like, he's yeah. awesome. And, like, I 
I even like uh, was I talking to one my met him, yeah. I was talking to one of my coworkers, and they're yeah. like, they're talking about they've been to Adobe before, and they follow those guys, and I'm like, yeah, I'm in Philly Twitter now. I'm pretty cool. It's like it's like not even a thing, and I'm just being yeah. a dick because like, I need this. Yeah, you know, to be here right now, this this is my magnum open. This is my um, this is my view right now. I'm actually the one. Um, my voice has been changed. I'm sitting behind a curtain now. This yeah. is my view moment. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, no but I it. It's funny, though, because I have gotten this moment with Twitter, though, where it's like, I thought, you know, someday I'd be the, you know, I'm going to get a million followers, too. Like, care, yeah, I don't care anymore. I, like, I'm, I, I, I watch it every once in a while, but the friends I got along the way, you know, yeah. the, the real Twitter is the friends we made along the way. Right, like, exactly. And, but that's real. That's, that's what you it's know been what? for me. It's, it's, the only time I cared about followers was I was like, oh, maybe I can make money off of this. But I kind of fucked that up. And I'm just <laughs> like, you know what? Like... I'm not gonna, it doesn't matter. Like, I remember I, the one sponsorship thing I did, I like, tried to stay in character during. And I just, I just imagine those people being like, I don't want to deal with this. I have to work. Why am I dealing with this guy? Yeah. So it's just like, at this point, who cares? Like, really, unless you're, unless this is what you want to do, you want to spend all your time building a follower and creating content and, and, you know, really, you know, really put yourself out there and make it your full time job. Like, who, who, it's it's not that important, you know. And it's this like, is neurotic on the podcast. Two hundred followers, who cares? You know, at this point, yeah. it, just, it just doesn't matter. And it's and it's I know this from from work and working with influencers and trying to pay people to do stuff. It's just a pain in the ass, and they work really hard to do it. And unless you're like supremely talented and people are going to naturally be drawn to like the stuff you're doing, or you're like super hot, um, it's just it's just not worth it. But. Yeah. That, that that's funny that you know that that's what kind of spurred it to you you know that it just took like literally being invited to like go out and do stuff you know that's what's and that's what's cool and that's like a cool thing about you know the group of people i mean i'm a little bit older than everybody else and it's it's cool about like you know people in their kind of mid-20s at this point is that they're looking at it like there's nothing weird about like i'm gonna just you know ask the, the 300 followers or whatever or a thousand followers that i'm gonna talk about uh, you know i'm gonna invite them out and see who wants to hang out it's just yeah. like you know that that to me was almost just like wow that's that's weird you know it's like we would get together fighting guys would get together or something at a tailgate and i was like a controlled event but it never was just like who wants to go grab a drink so it's it's just cool that it's turned into that and it's turned into like you were saying like hey i'm with my people and like I'm safe, and this is in a space. The yeah. one mistake you made was meeting your thirst follow. Never do that. <laughs> yeah. So I, that that's the advice I would actually give to anybody who's listening to this. If you're like on the friend of Twitter, meet some cool people. Yeah. See if they're willing to hang out. Don't get murdered, and just hang out with those people all the time. Right. I, and just and just you know what? Don't. It, it, and it's just like treat them like normal people. I mean, that's yeah. what that's what's always weird to me. And and that was the problem. Like when there were people, even back to the fighting days, where like. These people were problems. It was just because they were, like, weird. And they didn't know how to act. And they didn't, you know... Talk about you, Cam. (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) But it was just, like, you know, the people who were, were like, kind of ostracized by the group were people that just would, like... You know, we had the guy that would show up and, like, you know... Touch women and like Cam. No, I'm kidding. That's not Cam. I'm not. I'm not. No, it's Brian, Brian Camp. But, yeah. um, no, nicest kid. Brian um, Camp, so nice. Yes. No. Um. But no. I mean that those are people that would be put out, and it's just like you know that's just the thing. It's like yeah, don't be afraid to meet people from Twitter, but like when you when you meet them, like act like a normal person. Yeah, you don't have like, to have the brand. I I you don't have to fuck have that brand. up early. Yeah, yeah and it was awkward. I mean, it's and... just 
it's just nobody wants to deal. And that's just the thing I've learned, too. It's just like, you know, it's like I've done the mask and shit at tailgates because it's like half performance. But like, you know, it's just it's just at this point, it's just like, you know, it, it's so much easier to just like be a normal person. And it's just like because it's like, you know what? OK, I've dealt with it all day. Like when I met like, uh, you know, when like I think it was like Troll Ballins, when he came down for the thing, like he wasn't a character. He was like the nicest kid, you know. And I heard he still made people crack up. Yeah, he's just naturally a funny yeah. person. And that's I like, think that's the thing. But too, it's like is... he did it, you know. He did it without like performing, and that's yeah. like for me, that's what always like drives me crazy. It's like how are these guys so funny without like working, you know, being on. And it's just like even if you're, you know, even if that's your thing, is like being on. When you meet people in real life, like. You'll, you'll, and that, that's what you were saying, you know, when you were saying that, you know, oh, hey, buy people I don't know. It's like, you don't need, like, an angle. It's just, yeah. like, meet people. People are inviting you because they want to hang out with you. Yeah, they don't, for sure. They're not trying to hang out with, like, you know, your, your, some, some persona. It's like, yeah, it's, it's not like, it's not an influencer party. It's not yeah. like, hey, come network. It's just. And influencer parties are. As someone who's been to influencer parties, those are awful. I mean, those are <laughs> I've like. I've never been to one, but they okay, sound like just so, the theory. So, so you go and it's like. It's free, but, like, it's free only if you, like, take a picture of everything or mention what you're doing. <laughs> and it's just, like, a thousand people in a room not talking to each other, taking selfies and, like, building their own thing. And, like, everybody's a competitor. It's just, they're the worst. Nobody wants to go to those. Yeah, you, you just stand in the corner with your best friend, Logan Paul. Yeah. And, you know, you're just, you're just talking about how you're above all this. And then you could both yeah. just, you know, run away to Mexico and start yeah. in Little Cabana. <laughs> But yeah, I think at the end of the day, like when I talk about what Twitter means to me now, it's like you could take the site away and I'd lose part of it, yeah. but I already but got what I need. Friends. Yeah. I already got what I need. And that's what and that's what's super I mean, that's what's what's really cool. And like that's something I've I've kind of enjoyed seeing sprouting up is like, you know, obviously I, I, I don't attend them, but like when I see like, hey, we all got together for Halloween or hey, we're all here and like or I look at an Instagram photo and it's like, I know all fifteen people in this photo. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, hey, cool. There's a group. And it's like, you know, some of them live out of town. I think everybody's within a reasonable commute. But, like, seeing that, it's like, oh, that that's pretty cool. Like, it's cool that, like, that, that it's turned into this big kind of community. And, like, it's weird because that community is kind of out here on the West Coast. I mean, there's a group of people that when they're in town, like, we go to uh, uh, Mike Malloy's show on deck every month at, at uh, Blue Rooster. And you should definitely check it out if you're in Los Angeles. But... Um, we go and, you know, there's, oh, there's a, there's a little Philly contingent there that I see. Um, you know, there's some people that I've talked to and I, I never met before I moved out here, but you know, or if there's someone's coming out here and visiting, you know, they'll, they'll be at that. And it's weird that, you know, it's a, it's a contingent that kind of travels and knows each other. And there's some people that are honorary members and, yeah. you know, but it's always like, oh, Hey, like I'm here and I know like. This person looks really familiar. How do I know them? Oh, yeah. I, I remember that I saw a top half of their face as a Twitter star <laughs> and I'm putting two and two together. So Yeah, and I, I think, you know. The downside is nobody knows who the hell I am. So I show up I'm like, hey, guys. And they're like, who the it, fuck is this guy? It hit me. And then you say it. They yeah. go, okay. Okay. That hasn't been popular in like 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Who is that? You know? It, it's Tony. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I do think, yeah, like some of my favorite people are the ones who don't have a big following. Those are the funniest people, honestly. Yeah, so those people just don't care. They don't try that hard. They just get on Twitter and do their thing and they get out. It's, yeah. I didn't it's me and you just like tweeting 40 things a day. Like some of this will stick in the wall. Yeah, you know? some, like, of it'll, some of it will be memorable, whatever, <laughs> you know. But yeah, I, th I think. The worst thing that ever happened was now you can self-retweet and I can't help it. 
And oh, if I, if no, I, I can't. Something, you didn't like, see it. You didn't, I'm like, you oh, didn't this love is brilliant. It. Nobody appreciated it. Yeah. You know, I used to just say, oh, this is brilliant. Nobody appreciated it. Now it's like, no. It, okay, it's 6 o'clock, so I should tweet it for the for the, for the the evening yeah. crowd. Now they deserve to see this, too. Like, oh, well, you know, you're on the West Coast, so, you know, you got to make yeah, sure gotta, you're in the right time, time zones. zones hit. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's just cool. I mean, it's just cool seeing how it connects people. And, like, you know, I can – what's crazy, too, is, like, you know, I – I don't mean to keep plugging Mike's show, which everybody definitely should go to, but it's like everybody there is from Twitter. The whole audience is from Twitter and everybody knows each other from, from Twitter. I mean, it, it's like usually, you know, I would say the audience is like, you know, 60% people from Twitter and 40% people that like comedy and found yeah. out about and stuff. But like, it's really cool that you can build like a support network through Twitter. I mean, another example is when I did last year fundraising for a short film that I was producing. It's just like, I would say when I when I looked at the breakdown for Kickstarter, not seventy five percent of the financing went through Twitter, and yeah. that was really cool. And it was like people just giving like twenty five bucks, but it's like a supportive thing. And I think you know it's an area where if you're friends with someone on Twitter, like you want to see them do really well. And it's like you know that's it's gone from like I am supremely jealous of this person, like I am with a lot of people, but I still want to see them do well. Like you know the people yeah. that I'm like. I am supreme, like, I am, I am so jealous, and that should be me, yeah. and I wish I could do that, but I'll still support them, you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's, you know, you can tell if someone's a good person or not, and you can tell if they're, if they deserve it based on kind of what they do. Are we running late, or what are we, what's well, the deal? We, we've been talking for a while. I, I think, you know, we, we've hit on a lot of the points that yeah. we want to talk to, but at the same time, I think there's still so much depth to it. Yeah, I mean, I um, think it's a, I mean, I, I, I you know... I think an oral history of like Philly Twitter would be a whole other project. Which, yeah, which I which I mentioned to you, and yeah, I, I'd I like to get going. Idea. And you know, yeah. I I'm gonna try to yeah, reach out to yeah. yeah, I'm gonna reach out to a lot of the old blogs, and I, I don't know when that will happen. Um, but you know, I think this is a community, and I I know it's easy to get cheesy, but like this is my family because I made a bunch of friends. But like nothing in my life has ever felt like I'm in a group. I'm in a group. I'm in a group. When I got into this group. There was that immediate thought of, I'm going to fuck this up. They're going to kick me out. Like, like just the, the idea well, that... Well, how do you really get kicked out? That's that's the whole well, thing. Well, I know, it, but... People don't get kicked out. People just splinter. I mean, there was like, you know, there was a whole group of people that were friends, and then, you know, one person decided they didn't like the other person, and now there's a splinter faction of these people. I mean, I've seen that. that That's just, you know, people kind of splinter off. I don't... Yeah. I've never seen anybody be like, this person is... Well, except, you know... That guy you keep talking about about the fights thing, he he was kind of ostracized. There is one person we will not name that I was closer to, but yes. Oh, there was somebody else? I don't think it's the same person you're talking about. No. Yes. But, um, I'm talking about a guy that moved to Pitt, the creepy guy that moved to Pittsburgh. Are you talking about the I'm talking about, blogger of no? Yes. Okay, that guy. Yes. I didn't even know that. I totally missed that, by the way. Yeah. There's, that's the, the, kind of the one thing was there was a period where I kind of, you know, not being local anymore. No, this was before I moved. So I don't even remember. I totally missed that. I just remember being like, oh, what happened to this guy? And everybody's like, oh, yeah, yeah. he was a creepy weirdo. And I'm yeah, like, and it was, really? It was and I weirdo? think people had a pulse, but like we just didn't know the depth of it. I mean, like one time he invited himself over to my house and I thought that was weird. Like he's like, it was a show on Netflix. He's like, ooh, what if I came over Tuesday and we watched it? I was like, all right, sure. And then like after all stuff came out, I was just like, even that made me feel uncomfortable, which I, I'm not comparing at all to the things that he did. But, like, it, it was there. Just nobody really put together the pieces until everybody came out. And I, I don't want to get bogged yeah, down in But, it's, yeah, but th- that's the thing. Is you're gonna, bad people exist, and bad people are going to be on Twitter. Yeah. But, like you said, the good outweighs the bad if you yeah. find the right group. But I think also if you're naturally a, a bad person, it's going to, you know... 
it gives you an opportunity to bring out your badness. Like, I think I, it's very hard to hide on Twitter. Yeah. Where if, like, you're a shitty person or you're kind of a creep or some kind of sex weirdo or whatever, like, that's going to come... Well, yeah, for the most part, that's going to come out because yeah. it, it's a small... It, for such a big platform, it's a small world. And it's like, people hear about that pretty quick. Yeah. And I mean, you know... And who you're on Twitter is probably who you are in real life right. to some degree. Well, it's like, it's like so. why, you know, it's like, I don't think you would be, like, asking for nudes or sending your dick or stuff if you're not that type of person in real life, like, why would you suddenly, you know, well, this would be funny. It's like, well, why would you suddenly do that? I mean, yeah. it's, it's, if, if you're a weirdo, you're a weirdo. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it brings out the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see that, but you know, it's, 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 it's always been very hard for people to hide, you know, and yeah. it's very hard for, you know, eventually everything kind of comes around. So it's, it's just, just yeah. it's just the lesson of Twitter. Be good, weird. Don't be bad. I, anybody, Will embrace anything well, you also, are except the also, shit. There's so many other outlets you can go be fucking weird on. I mean, yeah. go be weird somewhere else. I mean, that's, that's just the whole thing. It's like, you know, it's the internet. You can find all the creepy shit you're into or whatever. You just go to r slash my creepy shit. Yeah, like, just don't do it to, don't do it to, you know, people. people you're supposed to be friends with. Yeah. yeah, there's people that are probably super into that somewhere, you know. <laughs> Believe me, everybody's into everything. Just people into everything, yeah. you know. Just go find them. Don't bother anybody else. <laughs> do your own thing. Yeah. So I, I do want to wrap up here because yeah, sure. I know we've we went been, off um, for a while. But I think it, it kind of puts a lot in the words of what I feel about Twitter. And obviously, you know, we've both had different rises to it. And that's why this episode meant a lot to me is because, yeah. well, you know, you were one of those first people that I followed. And I'm not, like I said, like now this isn't like a celebrity moment for me because yeah. I realize you're just another guy. Yeah. And like, you know, we're just going to. You know, make out a little bit later, yeah, and it'll course. be fine. Yeah, just, just your, over your the kisses pants. will just, be just as gentle just as mine. And, and yeah, we're just going to keep it over the pants. I think. I think at this point. We just yeah, I mean, I don't know you that well. Yeah, I mean, exactly. I don't go to random whatever. cities and yeah. just give it all but, away. No, I mean, uh, the reason I want to do this pod, I heard the first episode, and I said I got to get on that because you know, I thought that it was you know this is something, and every time I mention it to people, it's it's you know what do you what pod do you recommend? Or typical, and people look at it and they go, "Oh my God!" Like that's that's cool. You know, we're talking about mental health issues, and you're talking about, and I, I I really think that's important. So it's like I don't do a lot of podcasts. I don't have the energy to do my own. I don't listen to a ton of them. But you know, the reason I, I immediately when you started this said, "Hey, I got to get on that," was because I felt like this is a, this is a niche that you know is in a it's a little bit inside baseball where it's like we don't follow twitter you don't have a reason to you know especially philly but i think even yeah. outside of philly twitter you know if you don't know who any of the people we talked about are it makes sense it's you're touching on common themes and you're touching on issues that people have everywhere so i think this is super important and i i'm i think it's gonna go i mean i'm curious to see where it goes and i think you know i think you're definitely on to something and that's why it's it's been great i mean I, i'm thrilled that i was able to do this because it really uh you know, this is something I think that was missing, and I think it was something that, you know, I, there's other podcasts about mental health and, you know, issues day to day, but I think they're they're not coming from an authentic, as authentic a place as this is. I think, you know, you're not, this isn't, this isn't a bar soul podcast, it's not a huge thing, it's you're taking your time to do this, and it's, and it's, and I think that carries through, and I think that's what's going to propel this thing. I think, I think you're on to something with this. And I, I really appreciate it, and you know, when I put out that first episode, I know that one was heavy, but that's what I wanted, I wanted people to know, I'm willing to put it all on the line, but it's not just for, I'm just here to entertain you and run out, I am here to entertain, but, you know, I want to do something with this, and you yeah. know, I'm, I'm so glad you could come on, because, 
I know you and I had this back and forth of like how do we make it work, and I just so happy yeah, to come to LA. And well, I appreciate that we're not like skyping, you know. I, yeah, I think and the, I, that's the thing is, yeah. I I know there's capabilities of it, but I really yeah. don't like record episodes that way. So I was glad, even if it is on this little microphone where maybe we lost most of the audio. I hope we did. We'll see. No, hopefully, yeah. We'll but see. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for coming. No problem. On. Can I can I can I plug a couple things? I was gonna say, let's hear your plugs. Right. This is what so I was I got, waiting for. Um, I got a movie coming out. Hopefully, we'll be done it this week. Just stay tuned to my Twitter for the official link when it goes. If you're one of the donors, you should be getting an email soon with the work print. Just getting rid of some special effects stuff that we were having issues with. But I appreciate everybody's support and patience with that. Then. Uh, I'm writing off and on for a blog called Philly Front Office. Um, it's where I just say dumb stuff about, um, you know, uh, Sixers and the Phillies and the, and the Eagles sometimes. Um, you know, I go on there to say dumb stuff, but there are a bunch of guys on there that really, really work hard and have really been doing a great job. Um, Doing uh, doing some coverage, so I, I don't even remember what the Twitter handle is. Let me give that out. <laughs> Let me find it. Hang on. This is I do this weekly. I literally have like three Twitters now yeah. for different things, and I can never remember the third one. So Tony had uh, to tell me what it yeah, was last. Yeah, week. It, it's follow PFO Philly is the is the is the uh, parent account, and that, that's what you guys want to follow. And it, it it started because of the these were the guys that um that were kind of at the forefront of the of the Calangelo. Uh, burner gate thing and and they've turned it into this and they've really they're credentialed i mean they've really come a long way i've done next to nothing for these people like i don't do any of the that's coverage. how you do it just i get post in. stuff well it's like i post stuff when i want to they're nice enough to give me a form because there's guys on there that really want to be journalists and do a great job and do a lot of research and due diligence and i just i'm like i have a dumb idea every once in a while and they're nice enough <laughs> to give me a forum and and I don't know how much longer they're going to do that, but they're, they're worth a follow. They're, they're, they're good guys. And I really think as much as I say, you know, if you're not a popular podcast or you're not, you know, you're not on my network, there's no point. I do think that these guys, you know, they have, they, they, they're working their asses off for connections and access. And, you know, I, I think there's a long way for them to go. If, if not as this website, I think a lot of them, you're going to start seeing them in, in big venues soon. Um, they're just good guys, so it's worth it's worth following. I'm I'm happy that they've let me do dumb stuff on there. So just like I'm happy, I was able to come on here and say dumb stuff. It's good to yeah, good love, to, it's good to be dumb, dumb every stuff. once in a while. Yeah. And of course, there's always the the account that started it all at fans at fans since so nine. Yeah, you probably. I mean, I would assume either people listening to this know who I am and will never follow me, or already do. I would figure that in the event that you haven't. Yeah, I figured they would know you probably soon um, after this this Eagle season. Going to be fans since nineteen, where he's going to talk about how the <laughs> Eagles are never good. Terrible. Yeah, um, and you know you can always follow me at Code Ran. Always follow the podcast at Neuronic of the Pod, and always follow that third account who's at I'll never remember or never share any tweets from, so you'll never find it. All right, thanks oh, for you listening. Have a, I didn't hit a burner. Cool. Yeah, it's not even a burner. It's just a, a dumb gift account that I didn't give my energy to. But this is Neuronic of the Pod. Thanks for listening live from LA.